You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to more of the Greeks Gridiron. I am Ethan Hursadulu, and today on this May 16th to 2022, we are talking USFL power rankings after week four just wrapped, or excuse me, week five just wrapped up here, going through all eight teams, putting them from worst to first. So make sure you comment down below, my USFL fans. Let me know the order of your power rankings after this week. We had a pretty big upset with the Pittsburgh Maulers getting their first win of the season. And then on top of that, the Generals were able to take down the Breakers. The Stallions continue to be 5-0, and so we have a lot to dive into. Um, and while this is a power rankings video, we'll kind of recap the games a bit as well. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and let's talk some football, shall we? So, like I said, we will start from the bottom of the the rankings and we will work our way up to the top here beginning with the houston gamblers sitting now at one in four holding the number eight spot after dropping a couple of spots and losing to the winless pittsburgh maulers this week the offensive struggles with this team just they continue to roll through it and they don't really seem to be able to figure out what the heck to do on offense especially when it comes to the second half here they managed only 10 points in the first half this week and then 10 again in the second half which has tied their season high of only 10 points in the second half that's that's an issue and it, and it really boiled down to turnovers in the fourth quarter for them. Ultimately, they had an interception. They had the fumble that was in their own territory late in the game. I mean, it, it just not non-winning football, non-winning football in the second half typically is what things boil down to for the gamblers. And while the defense has been solid, it's just the offense that continues to let them down week after week after week. And it's just, even if it's not a lot of turnovers, it's very untimely turnovers when things matter most. And you really saw that in the fourth quarter there Clayton Thorson was 11 of 24 for 165 yards with one touchdown in that pick in the fourth quarter there pedestrian day for him it's just the struggles continue offensively and that really boils down to being the big issue I'd say for the gamblers here and why they sit now at number eight I, I like the defense and if they could just clean up the turnovers and, and and they even kind of have to an extent if they could just not turn the ball over when the game is on the line as well you know you might find a little more success but it, they've got to take a hard look at themselves offensively and figure out what they're doing wrong if it's you know if there's poor play calling if it's just poor decision making lack of awareness of the situation whatever it may be but the gamblers just they just cannot figure it out offensively and it cost them a game that they probably should have won and they were heavily favored going into against again a winless team that is now sitting at one and four and above them in the power rankings Next up, coming in at the number seven spot, the team that beat them, the Pittsburgh Maulers, are sitting at one and four, so congrats to you guys. I tried calling the Maulers wins a couple of times, and after that, I just couldn't really get behind them, and while there was a piece of me that thought, you know, maybe this could be the week for the Maulers, I just, I couldn't bring myself to pick them for the win because... Well, one, I didn't realize that Vad Lee was going to end up playing a majority of the uh, of the snaps at quarterback as Laletta continued to struggle. But it's good to see they finally found a glimmer of hope for quarterback now because Vad Lee, I mean, it, he had the best performance that this team has seen at the quarterback position all year long. So at this point, run with him and see what he can get you in upsetting fashion. Maulers get the win. Vadley was 19 of 32, 170 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He did have a pick, but overall, he brings hope at the QB spot. And the return of Bailey Gaither has to be the biggest thing for this team on the offense here. He came back, had eight catches, 108 yards, and a couple of touchdowns to boot. 
He is their best wide receiver, and this team offensively has sorely missed him the last couple of weeks while he's been out. The running game, though, continues to be an issue, and this is something they're going to have to work on and figure out because you cannot have 24 carries for 51 yards and think you're going to win many football games here. Realistically, the Maulers' defense ultimately forced a couple of turnovers in that fourth quarter, and it led them to being in a really good spot to win, but if you can't move the football on the ground and you think you're just going to rely on this passing game, it's not, not really going to work. Like, they did just come out with the win, and it worked this week, sure, because of, you know, issues on the other team's offensive side, but, the, you know, that run game is lacking, and there's another team this week that also could not run the football that got completely mollywopped by one of the best teams in the league so and we'll get to that in a minute but you got to find a ground game that's probably my biggest criticism right now for the ballers and that was like what was supposed to be their identity so let's get the now that we have bailey gay they're in here we have vadley who seems to be very competent to be able to lead this team forward let's establish a run game here and the Maulers can probably get to start winning to some start winning some football games because quarterback was ultimately their biggest issue, and it seems like they might have solved that now. We'll have to see going forward. It is just one game of sample size, but I would say definitely excitement for the Maulers after this week here and this big win for them. Coming to number six, the Michigan Panthers, a team that has just been so close but continually just cannot finish games. They had 35 minutes and 48 seconds of time of possession they had 407 yards to tampa Bay's 273 they had three red zone attempts that only amounted to one touchdown they just cannot seem to get out of their own way they dominate in so many statistical categories in some games and then just flat out lose it went like you know with the missed field goal the week prior to the stars and now this week you literally completely outscore and outplay your opponents but still come out with a loss i just it's 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 the most jeff fisher led team type of thing i think i have seen in the usfl um shea patterson probably put together his best game of the season i mean and that that's the other thing is like quarterback play was better than it has been all year long 304 yards a touchdown an interception that was tipped and it wasn't even really a bad throw it just got slapped at the line of scrimmage he had eight rushes for 46 yards as well turnovers are really what cost this game at the end of it i mean they had two to tampa bay zero but it's just it it's crazy how effective the panthers can play and yet they still find the way to lose instead of the way to win i don't understand how their path of of what they're doing in the game leads them to losses it, it's pretty bizarre but they're sitting at one and four I would have to say they're the best one and four team of the three so far because while the Gamblers, they just struggle offensively, the Maulers up until this point have had no real offense themselves. Michigan has found success. It's just they can't close out. So I think that they're the best one and four team right now sitting at number six. We'll have to see how things go forward for them, but at least some promise now that Shea Patterson had a good game. Albeit, you know, it, no, you know what? It was against the Tampa Bay team that's sitting at three and two. So Patterson has his best game against one of the better teams in the league. I mean, there's some positivity to take from this. They just got to find a way to close out these games because right now, the, the Michigan Panthers could easily be three and two, easily. And that's like at worst, they could arguably be higher than that if they could just get it together a little bit more. But one and four is where they sit, and they're sitting at number six. Coming in at number five, still sitting at number five, they do not move. Philadelphia Stars, an epic collapse in the second half, really, when you watch the way this game turned out here. They were rolling in that first half, and I really thought we were going to see the Birmingham Stallions come up with their first loss of the year. 
17 to 14 going into halftime. They let the Birmingham Stallions charge down the field in their opening drive of the second half, and that's when things started to really get ugly. They, they scored all their points in that first half, and then just and then this is literally every single drive going from the beginning of quarter three to the end of quarter four. Punt, punt, fumble, punt, end of game. I mean, they, they were averaging like three yards a play, it felt like, the entire second half. We really did not see much from the offense. You couple that with the fact that they essentially flat-out ditched the running game in the second half, which is basically what got them in the position they were. They were completely steamrolling the Stallions' defense. I don't like. I don't understand how that happened. You were dominating on the ground. That's where all your points were coming from. And then in the second half, you come away with just one rush that equaled a fumble. And that was it. They ran the ball one time in two quarters of play. One time. Case Cookus was dropping back the rest of the way trying to make stuff happen. And respect to him because he had a pretty solid game. But you went from dominating in the first half. You ran 32 plays because of that ground game just pounding away at the Stallions defense. And then you run 18 plays in the second half. And one of those 18 was a run. I don't know how that that ended up being the adjustments they made coming out of halftime. If that, and and it's not like they were trailing for very like 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 they were down one score for the majority of the second half. Like the Birmingham Stallions scored late to really separate the game. There was no like there was no need to feel like you were like like you're playing like you're down fourteen or you're down twenty one. Like like you would have thought they were down more. It's just very bizarre to me. Very bizarre to me. And, and then that's why I have them at number five still, because they probably played the best out of all the losers, but lost the worst. It, just because they, they just went away from what they were doing that was so successful in the first half. I really think the Stars are better than that. And I, I, I still believe that there is a better team in Philadelphia, like in the Philadelphia Stars than what we've kind of saw in some of their losses. And they've had some pretty tough losses where they were looking really good and then just kind of like fell apart. This being another one of those games, I still believe in them. I think that they're a really good team. We'll have to see what happens going forward from here. But just an epic collapse in the second half. Again, one rush on 18 plays in your second half after you were just steamrolling them in the first half. I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it. But they're sitting at number five, and that's where they'll stay for now. Coming at number four, Tampa Bay Bandits. They move up to uh, three and two now. Wasn't pretty. It wasn't a grind. I mean, they got it done. They were completely statistically outplayed by their opponents, but they got the job done, and they got the win. Jordan Tayamu, pretty good game. Solid. No mistakes. Just a really good game by him. 15 of 24. He had 207 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Like I said, the offense was grinding, but... The wide receivers, they were making some plays, and when they were getting receptions, they were ripping the defense for 13.8 yards a catch. So, I mean, it, like, it, like the offense wasn't coming in bunches per se, but when they were getting movement and they were making completions, they were ripping chunk yards at a time. So, I mean, it, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, a little bit ugly, but when they were making things happen, they were ripping for big gains the entire time they went through the defense though shout out to them because the defense really came to show up and this is why the bandits came out winners in this game three sacks eight tackles for loss an interception a forced fumble and five pass breakups that's every single piece of your defense showing up to play and dominating at the line of scrimmage in the secondary you know in the second and third levels that they were killing it 
from start to finish in this game. The defense looked really, really good. And yeah, did they they let up a ton of yards here and there. And like I and I understand that statistically they weren't the better of the two teams, but they were getting plays when it mattered. And when it came down to crunch time, Bandits came out with the W. Uh, again, it wasn't pretty offensively. The defense did a pretty good job, though, considering the lack of offense they were kind of working with. Shout out to the defense of the Tampa Bay Bandits because that's probably the biggest reason they are 3-2 and two this week. Coming in at number three, my New Orleans Breakers, man. Breaks my heart to see them go down the way they did, but I'm not going to lie. I am starting to get a little bit worried about this team because, one, offensively, they looked a little lethargic. And then, secondly, this is now the second week in a row that we see a big goose egg in the sacks column. This is a team that had 10 sacks in the first two weeks and now only have one sack in the last three. That is not a recipe for winning football here. I don't know what happened to the defense and how aggressive they were. You know, I really thought they were the best defense in the league, but I'm starting to really think that that's actually either the Birmingham Stallions or maybe the New Jersey Generals, one of those two teams, because this defense has kind of fallen apart a little bit. Kyle Sloter. Not a great game, 15 to 36, 155 yards. He had a couple touchdowns, but he also had a couple interceptions. One interception being an absolute backbreaker on the goal line. I was watching that drive, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, starting to get a rhythm here, starting to get a rhythm here, and then, like, jaw hits the floor, and I'm like, no way do we get an interception right at the edge of the team's end zone. But it is what it was. Tough game. The run game definitely really struggled when you take out the big, uh, for some reason, for, for Gerard Fernandez got a giant rip of a run. I don't know. I don't know why he came in at running back, but he ripped the run there. He did. Uh, they had 72 yards minus Fernandez's really large run there. So not really sure what happened with the ground game. It's It's been kind of a roller coaster because some weeks they look really good and then some weeks they don't. But struggling in the run game and then once again i mean your pass rush gets completely shut down you have zero sacks they only had three tackles for loss as well your defense is not really being disruptive in any way if you're not disrupting what the offense is doing and you're just kind of letting them do their thing does not really lead to wins very often and that's where the new orleans breakers sit now at number three again i'm a little bit worried about them i, I you know this is not how i expected this game to go i thought it would be a little bit of a tighter game but it is what it is. Breakers set at number three. Let's hope they bounce back. No, my Breakers fans. Let's hope they bounce back next week. We'll have to see what happens. Coming in at number two, sitting at four and one. And I mean, they're, they're, they're looking good. And I feel like every single week, they start to look better and better and better. The New Jersey Generals, man. First off, DeAndre Johnson, 14 of 21. He had 213 yards. Interception. Not the best passing day for him, per se, but he killed on the ground if there's one thing that i can say about this team it is that they can figure things out with the running game 10 carries he had 39 yards and a couple of touchdowns and then the running game altogether, 188 yards total they had three touchdowns darius victor himself was 17 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown this is a team that can win on the ground they don't necessarily need the passing game to be electric by any means but 213 yards through the air Coupled with another 188 on the ground, you're looking at <clears throat> 400 yards total for the offense because of that. Really good balanced attack altogether. And the defense, man, four tackles for loss. They had a two interceptions and 10 pass breakups. The biggest issue for the breakers in that game was the inability to find completions. And the fact that you have your secondary and even some of the linebackers getting a hand in there between the football 
and the receiver to break things up for 10 altogether. That is winning defense right there. And that's how you put a stop to an offense that was able to drop 31 points a few weeks ago on a bandits team that looked that they looked completely outmatched. So shout out to the defense here. And I also want to give out some respect to their kicker over there. Two for two on field goals, three for three on extra points. You want to talk about contributing to the team? He was a part of nine of them. Excellent job by the New Jersey Generals from offense to defense to special teams. A very well-rounded team just all together. They, they play really good football in all three facets of the game, and that's why they're sitting at four and one and why they're the number two team in the USFL at this current point in time. Then in the number one spot, sitting at five and zero. Oh, the Birmingham Stallions just kind of continue to reign their dominance on the league. At this point, I, there, I don't really think there's much of an argument. I mean, maybe the Generals have a, have a conversation worth having, but I just think that the Birmingham Stallions from, first of all, let's stop having Alex Magoo start unless necessary and just let Jamar Smith do his thing. I cannot believe, and I, and I tweeted it out during the game, wondering why Jamar Smith because I was at work while I was watching the game and so I'm not listening to audio I'm busy you know doing stuff at the at the station I work at but I'm watching the game in the whole first like first quarter and then some of the second quarter I'm sitting here thinking why the heck is Alex Magoo starting like I didn't see anything about an injury I didn't hear anything about an injury what is going on here and then sure enough come I want to say around it was like the seven and a half minute mark or so I see Jamar Smith finally trotting out there and I'm thinking okay Let's go. Why he wasn't starting to begin with, I don't really know. Like, yeah, has he had accuracy issues here and there? Sure. But he came in and shut everything down. 17 to 22. He had 203 yards and a massive touchdown pass right on his first drive when he came in. He is QB1. Treat him as such Birmingham. Stop with the Alex Magoo nonsense. I, I understand, you know, these guys all want to play and they want to have game tape and whatnot. But you as a team, you want to win. Do you not? You want to win? Jamar Smith is the guy. Also, I want to shout out CJ Marable. Ran wild this game. 23 carries, 114 yards. He had a touch on himself. He was averaging like five yards a carry going through that game. Excellent job by him. And then the defense. Another defense in this league that just seems to know when to make plays and makes them fairly often. He had three sacks two tackles for loss. They had five pass breakups. They had two fumbles forced as well and recovered. This defense combined with this offense and their kicker over there. I mean, the, the, another team that is just so well-rounded in place, great football in all three facets of the game. There's a reason they're 5-0. and I understand people are arguing, well, it's always a home game for them. Look, it's nice to have fans. I get it. And in some instances, yeah, does it does it matter? This game though, for the for the Stallions, the Stars lost this game right at the start of the second half when they stopped running the football. This defense capitalized on what they were doing. The offense was rolling. I mean, quite frankly, you know, it, it, home field or not, I don't really think it mattered. I really don't. Stallions are number 1. That is my power rankings for the USFL coming out of week number five. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below. What do you guys think and how are you feeling about this one? But I appreciate you all for watching. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.